you up Lord thank you Jesus you're such a wonderful God we can't praise you enough we really can't so Lord we thank you we honor you we magnify you we give this time over to you and we thank you Lord we bless you and we praise you in Jesus name amen and praise God thank you Jesus thank you Lord we're going to talk today about the master plan amen the master plan and um, I think sometimes we forget, you know, in your everyday life, uh, we are made in the image of God, which gives us many, many attributes of God, but we are not God. We are copies. And we must remember that. So as copies, we there's an original somewhere. You know how... Uh, uh, Say like for instance I can tell you I have a Rembrandt at my house but it's probably a copy (laughs) because there's only one original. The original is worth much much more than the copies right? So the original has an intrinsic value because it's the first one. It's the the prototype. It's that that founding thing that everything else is made from and so as God being the the father we are the express image of God uh, Jesus the son is the express image of the invisible God uh, he is expressed in human flesh in the likeness of human flesh But he is the image of the invisible God. And so Jesus having sprung from the Father has all the attributes of Godhead but is is and I would say co equal in in power and strength but not in relationship to the Father. There's only one Father. And then Jesus Christ is here his son. And then we are sons of God. And so God's master plan really it boils down to it is found in Romans eight twenty nine. And uh, we we know this scripture and, and are familiar with it, at least parts of it. It says here, <clears throat> we talk about the spirit searching and searching our inward parts and, and uh, understanding and praying for us. And so when we have that help from the Holy Spirit, we know all things work together for good. So the good that we're talking about here, the Romans 8.28, is pointing to something uh, that God is doing in us. There's a goal that he has in mind. The master plan is a purposeful plan and there is a goal in mind in God's master plan. He's not just, he didn't just put us here for nothing. He didn't put us here for ourselves. We're not random people. We're not just passing through aimlessly, uh, not doing anything in our lives, not accounting for anything. And so when you see working together for the good, you get an impression here that somebody's up to something. That God is taking enough care of us. There's something he's up to that causes him to care enough for us to start working things out for our good. Who would come along to a messed up life and go putting it back together again unless they had something good in mind for you from the beginning? 
So there's a plan, a master plan that God has ordained for each and every human being from the beginning. Nobody's here by mistake. Nobody's here without purpose. Nobody's here without uh, um, a good outcome planned for them. Nobody's here just to be a failure or just to pass through. There is a good plan, but of course we know that that includes part of that good plan includes being conformed to the image of Christ so you must be born again to fit totally in the master plan and so that's what God is up to up to here so he says and we know in verse 28 all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose you can't say you love God and just sit around and do nothing there's a calling involved in the love of God. You know, people say, I love the Lord. They don't go to church. They don't participate in life very much. But somehow they have this emotional thing in them where they feel they love God. God said, if you love me, prove it. Get up and do something. Obey what I tell you to do. Find out what I want you to do and get to getting doing it. That's how you prove your love for God. And so he says here, for whom he did foreknow. This is what it is. Those of us who are born again, God foreknew what we were going to do. He also foreknows what everybody else is going to do. But there's a predestination here for the saved to conform to the image of his son. So that's what the master plan is all about. It's not to prosper you. It's not to make you wonderful. It's not to give you, uh, uh, you know, all the things that you want in the earth. That those are benefits of conforming. The master plan is for you to conform to the image of God's dear Son, and that's a wonderful plan. You get that. You've got everything. I mean the the. The material things kind of pale in comparison if you ask me. If God's going to take your mistakes and, and erase them and give you a chance to go through life with pluses in your column instead of minuses all the time. I think that's wonderful right there. You know you can't do better than that. So this this business of pursuing material things and that that being such a, a a wonderful thing in life, I think is is being shown up now to be not really worth a whole lot because there are many many people that that are are able to get many things on a material side in life, excess of things that don't have the opportunity we have to be conformed to the image of the Son of God. What that really means is God is taking time with you to teach you, to groom you, to help you to walk in a dignity on the earth that his son only walked in. We walk the earth as Jesus did. With all the favor of God the Father, with all the love of God the Father, with the relationship, with the peace that comes with having all of those sins forgiven and all of the broken places mended. Uh, That's a wonderful thing that God is taking time with us to reshape and remold us into what he predestined us to be from the beginning that's a work of God we are God's handiwork 
Amen. We are God's handiwork in the earth. And, and that's the master plan. To get you fixed. Get you back to where he wanted you to be from the beginning. To make sure every fragment of your soul is at peace. That you're not disturbed about anything. You're not fearful about anything. The devil's not pulling tricks on you and trying to make you think you're this and you're that. And you're not this and you're not that. He's not. God has conformed you so to the image of his son that you can resist the thoughts of the devil and not even be disturbed by him. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So it says for whom he did foreknow he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren so God her master plan is to increase his family Jesus is the firstborn and then we are born again into his image and as we walk the earth God causes us to be conformed to the image of his son it's wonderful it's wonderful moreover whom he did predestinate them he also called Part of your your purpose is to be called to do what? To conform to the image of his son. How do you do that? He, He takes care of all the requirements. He justifies us. So in other words, he gives you the right to stand up before him and call him father. Justification gives you right standing with God and relationship with him as a son and a daughter of God. You're adopted. Amen. Part of the master plan is for you to be adopted as a son and a daughter of God in whom he justified them he also what glorified. So we are, are ordained and destined to carry the glory of God through the whole earth. We have his glory resting in us and upon us. We have that. We have his glory resting in us and upon us. We're not mere mortal people. We are justified people. Which means that we have, there's a gavel has come down on our lives and ended our sinful life and opened the door for us to live as holy and righteous people. So this is what justification is all about. You have been made just. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't have any flaws. There's no drawbacks in your life. There's nothing to keep you from going forward in God. I don't care what you has happened to you in your past. We've all got a past. We've all got horrible things in our past. Many things we don't even want to talk about. Why? Because they're not, not, they're not worth talking about. That happened to somebody that died. That person's dead to that. There's enough to focus on with going forward in your future. Why would you sit back and dwell on your past and then pretend like that's hindering you from going forward? You notice I said pretend? Because that's what it is. It's a lie. They can't hinder you from going forward. Huh? We fill our minds with too many other ideas instead of what God has for us. So that's what he's doing. He's conforming us to the image of his son. Jesus didn't have a past. He didn't wonder about what happened when he was a child. He didn't complain about not having enough hugs when he was a kid. 
He didn't complain about these earth parents of mine. They don't know nothing about heaven. How did I come down here? And I don't like this earth suit I'm wrapped in. These people too sinful for me and all this. He just loved everybody. (laughs) If anybody had a reason to complain about anything, it would have been him. So we need to stop it and focus in on what is God doing with me now. What's he about in my life? How am I conforming to the master's plan? So let me get involved in that and see what that's all about. And Proverbs 16.19 tells you a couple things about the plans of man. Proverbs 16. It's a wonderful thing to know what you're about down here. Not just going to church or one that, you know, many people want to go to the newest church, the biggest church, the one that's on television. I just want to do what God wants me to do. Proverbs sixteen nine: A man's hand devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So you make all the plans you want to. Huh? A man's heart. In your heart you can say I'm going to get up and do this. I'm going to go do that. But God directs your steps. So you can't do it if you want it to. That's what it says. Without God's hand directing what it is that's going on in your life. It won't happen. It won't happen. And it's a good thing. Think about the things we plan to do without knowing all the pitfalls. All the drawbacks. All the, the, the plans of the enemy to snare us and ensnare us. Look at the people that go to the store and run into a robbery. Or worse, meet a bullet. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's just wrong. You know, it, it, you, you can devise all you want to. But God is the one who directs your steps. And be thankful for it. Amen? Just be thankful for it. God, I thank you that I didn't didn't make it to the corner. I didn't get out of the house ten minutes sooner, or I'd have run into this accident that was right down the street where I was going. You know, many times you'll pass ambulances and pray for people that could have been you. You know, if you had been there at any other time, it could very well have been you. And so we understand that God directs our steps and we're thankful for it. The steps of a good man are ordered of God. That's part of his master plan. His master plan is to order your steps. If you're a good man, your steps are ordained of God. Amen. And the Bible says he delights in the way that you go. He delights in you obeying those steps when he orders them. Well, he knows where you're going. He knows where where he wants you to go. He knows when you're going to get there. He knows what you're going to do when you get there. And so that's part of his master plan. It's not as boring as it sounds. We just got to find a new way to get excited about things. <laughs> excited. I'm sure Jesus, when he went about healing people, when he saw those people get healed, boy, was he excited. You know, he was pleased. He was, that was what he lived for was to obey the Father. When he saw that the devil have to leave people, finally, he said, finally, I get a chance to walk up and make the devil leave people alone. And I can show the people that the devil has no power over them so that's part of God's master plan is to accomplish those things in the earth and he is using us to do it I think we just need to focus in on that a little more 
Focus in on what he wants you to do from day to day. Who can you witness to? Who can you talk to that doesn't know the Lord? Who can you encourage in God? I was listening to oh, Proverbs 19. Let me go there first before I give an example. Proverbs 19.21. It says, There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord is what will stand. So that that says to me is forget about what you think you're supposed to be doing. Just why why not just just bypass the the devices in your heart and seek the counsel of the Lord first off, and then that way you're falling in line with the master plan. There can be many promises in the Bible, but you don't have the faith to get all of them. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, we've been taught that, you know, the Rhema word, when the word comes to you, Rhema, and I don't know anybody that's read the Bible that didn't think all them them things in there was Rhema to them. <laughs> you know, we like go shopping in the Word of God. And and but we don't spend enough time to allow the faith to grow in our heart where that thing becomes ours, where we really possess it. And so many times we're a little discouraged by our poor results when we really have not taken the time to hide the word in our hearts meditate on it make it real to us we just grab a scripture and say this is what I want to do and so we we have to really understand the counsel of God if that is not something that God has for you then it's not part of his master plan for your life there are many things that we can accomplish naturally speaking but are they part of God's master plan for your life? And so we we have to understand that. We really, really do. Uh, so it's human to make plans. We are born with a desire to work, accomplish, and succeed. God put that in us. The, the desire to work and accomplish and succeed is God-given. What most are unaware of is how they fit in a bigger plan that God has. The master plan of God involves everybody throughout eternity. He's that big. Whether we know God or not, we all are included in his master plan. Some people cooperate with it more than others. Some people can tap into it better than others. Some people can can fulfill their their the master plan, I would say, in a limited natural fashion. And we'll talk about that a little bit. I think if, if we don't get time to do it all today, we can do more tomorrow. But we need to understand that that God knows what He's doing. Whether we understand it or not, he knows what he's doing. In the times where we think nothing's going on and we're bored and we're waiting for something exciting to happen. And we're waiting for our our biggie to come through. You know, the one thing that you got saved for. (laughs) I shouldn't, shouldn't say it like that, but it is true. Everybody's got something that drove them to God. And that's the one thing they think they're supposed to get. And it's been 25 years. You ain't got it yet. Interesting, isn't it? (laughs) You go, hmm. 
Hmm. Well, has he blessed you along the way? You have more peace in your life. Have you grown in the fruit of the Spirit? You're more useful for God, for the church, for the body of Christ, for the family of God. All that. Look at all that he's done. And we still think he ain't done that because we ain't got the biggie yet. Can't get the biggie. Can't get the biggie. So it just shows you how God God knows everything. He knows all his kids. He knows what you want. He knows what you like. He knows when to bring it to your life too. He knows the responsibility involved in it. And the level of faith involved. So God has everything under control. But he wants to see us conform to the image of his son. That's what brings him delight. You know. Uh, What brings us delight is the answers to prayer. What brings him delight is the process that got us to the answer. You got more peace than you ever have. You know how to rejoice with other people instead of being upset that you don't have yours yet. You understand what I say? You come out of selfishness. You come into a glory of God. You've, this is the way Jesus would, would respond in this situation. This is how he, he felt about things. I know how I can feel like Jesus felt about things. And I can know his mind in certain things. I didn't think I'd ever be able to forgive certain people for doing certain things. But I know now that that's possible. So that's what's what it, that's the master plan. See? Conforming to the image of his son in all situations is in in allowing God to mold you into that glorious image. That's that's what it's all about. So we said the master plan of God involves everybody whether that we know God or not. God can use whomever he wants to. He uses sinners. Yes, he does. He uses people who are are um don't really know him very well. He, he use anybody. So it includes all God's creation in the earth. His master plan does. It includes the earth, the sky, the sun, the moon, all the constellations, all the, the stars and all the uh, 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 um, moons and so forth. It involves the plants and the animals in the earth, the waters and the seas. All play a part in God's master plan. He has control over everything. We know that the waters and seas contribute to the atmosphere down here on earth to keep it good for us. So that has to cooperate with God in order for God's master plan for all of creation to be recognized. His master plan has a goal. God is very goal oriented and purposeful in what he does. He wants his love to be known by all creation. He wants to touch all creation with the essence of himself. He wants man to be fruitful just like God's fruitful. I was speaking with somebody that that was saying that, that somebody they knew was wanting to do something and they're kind of frustrated that the person doesn't move on it and I said well it's easy for us because we are conforming to the image see that's it when you're conformed to the image of Christ you just step out in faith you know you follow your words if you say I'm going to do something and this is what I'm asking God for when that door opens you just walk through it and it's no big deal and then we see people that stand outside the door forever and talk about the door and you know I'm going to go I'm waiting on the door and you know they don't have faith they're not conformed the way you are and so it's it makes a big difference in life what you accomplish 
through conforming to the image of Christ. It's you can go through any you can walk through a wall, a solid wall when you conform to the image of Christ. You understand me? Uh, barriers are nothing. There are no barriers. There are none. I remember when God sent us to pray in that religious church. We were in a church that was new and, and growing and thriving. And, and you know people wanted to see people saved and everything. But the, the atmosphere in that building was horrible. It was an old Lutheran church or Presbyterian church. And it long since quit reading the word, preaching the word, or preaching the gospel. It was just a social center. And so and that's very common when churches have passed their glory and not really doing what God's called them to do anymore they start losing membership of course God's not going to draw people to nothing and you'll see a young church come in and they want to start you know doing things for God which is fine so we were the renters and and they were the dying church and uh, God told us one day to go and pray in that sanctuary because there were demons lodged in there and you can't worship and praise God in on top of the devil you know you might try to you think you're getting through but you know that had been tried and we sat through many services where the anointing would would fall when the praise and worship started and then you feel a chill all of a sudden hit that whole room it was like a cold chill hit it and knocked it out and so uh, God told us he said you're going to have to dislodge this devil and I said well it's not our building he said I don't care he said every place you put your soles of your feet you possess it he said I send people to possess you don't have to own nothing he said they don't own it he said the earth is mine he said I own it now I want to possess it and so I can remember in the people, we never tangled with the people that owned the building. And there we go. I go there one day during the week and we wanted to go in and pray. And I had asked our pastor about it. He said, yeah, go on up there. You know, he didn't care. You know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let the women do the work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> ah, go on up there. And you know a lot of times pastors, when you're young in the Lord, they think you're crazy anyway. and Figure what harm can they do. I'll just pacify them, throw them a bone, let them go up there see what they can do and I remember two women that were part of the the congregation that owned the building they said can I help you and I said well we just came up here to pray and she looked at me and she said okay (laughs) that's sign number one if you obey God the devil has no power you got me no foe will be able to stand before you we went in there then they left when we said pray they didn't want no parts of that so they left and they said well you know just pull the door up when you're done okay we you know went in there and prayed and sure enough there were demons in the rafters you could hear them move every time I took a step they took a step so I'm walking down here on the carpet and I hear this they had wood rafters up in the ceiling then I moved again and said, Kick, <laughs> But I kept moving. I was not going to leave. He was going to have to leave. I was not leaving. <laughs> and you have to move by the Holy Spirit. So we prayed in tongues until God told us they were gone. You could feel when they were gone. And what they don't like, uh, let me tell you this, and you remember this because it's important. 
half of y'all remember half won't but <laughs> demons like order and if they can get people to conform see here's that word conform again they like rituals they like a written program in the service at this time we're going to do this at this time we're going to do that they like structure that does not allow the Holy Spirit an opportunity to come and seek out who has a need and meet that need so if you can keep things regimented orderly on a program all the way down the line Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday then they keep control they had the altar set up you've seen this in religious churches they have a Bible that they never read and that Bible stays open to a certain place and they have candles over here and candles over there and the Lord told me to go up there and I went up there where it was and he said turn the page of that Bible and I turned it from where it was and you heard something right out the door but you have to be led by the spirit of God you don't just go doing this kind of stuff doing here there in the flesh but you have to be led by the spirit of God so once you break their regimentation and their order then they have lost their grip on things you got me because they're under orders to keep certain things a certain way and so when you understand God and you understand what he's doing and you make up your mind to be a part of it when God saved me, I signed up to be a part of anything. It was give me a little part, big part, I don't care what it is. I can be an understudy, a walk on, a stand in, whatever. I don't care. As long as I have a part in what God's doing, I'm satisfied. So But we've always given God freedom to do what He wants to do in our meetings. You got me? You have to give Him freedom. He must be in charge. So his master plan part of that is being in charge of our lives. Not just a part but being in charge. I love it when God frustrates our plans. That just lets me know God you're watching me. You love me. I thank you for not letting me jump off a cliff or dive over something deep or whatever it is. God I thank you for stopping me from making a wrong move so God's love his his master plan has a goal we said that it is love be known by all creation that man be fruitful as God is fruitful and be responsible for life here on earth so God wants us to take godly responsibility of the affairs of life down here on earth. That's why we come to church. That's why we learn the word. That's why we pray. So we can take our rightful responsibility. Some people think authority is all there is to it. They just want to boss things around. But then you've got to be a responsible. Because God calls you into account for how you spend your life down here. And you want it to be counted as, as good, good uh, fruit. You want to have 
good results. Uh, things that when you show for what you've done, you it lasts. You know, it fruits that's not burnt up. It's not hay stubble and and all of that stuff that's destroyed in in the fire. So you want it to be fireproof. You want your works to be of gold and precious things. You don't want them to be just frivolous works. So it is only when we become aware of God's master plan. We, it will, will it be fulfilled and we will be at peace so you will be fulfilled and at peace when you are aware of his master plan what is he wanting you to do how do you know what to do if you're born again and you work for God if you're anointed when I say anointed I mean anointed on a believer's level you're not trying to go rent a building and start a church and get people all screwed up and crazy there's enough people doing that already but you are looking with a heart of compassion towards your neighbor towards your co-worker toward people that and you that's conforming to the image of Christ when you have a compassionate eye toward all humanity when you see a person as a brother or a sister not as an enemy but as a friend a potential friend all that kind of stuff that's conforming to his image because now you're seeing people as God sees them and that's what he wants us to do so when God when we walk in the spirit we take on the image of Christ and then we can start to evaluate things the way he would, see them as he, he does, etc., etc. How does God work? Part of the master plan is that God gives everybody what we normally refer to as gifts and abilities. Gifts and abilities have no gender. They're gender neutral. If I can say that without sounding politically correct. But he gives everybody gifts and abilities. He put those in you as part of his master plan. You can't take them out, do something else. It's amazing how frustrated we become looking outward instead of inward. We look out and see somebody doing this or doing that and we think that looks wonderful, that looks interesting, that looks fun. They get a lot of attention, they get a lot of money, whatever, whatever. And we forget to tap into what God has placed in us. Because he's given everybody gifts and abilities, something to work with. The Bible talks about the parable of the talents. One guy got ten, one got five, one got one. He gives according to our several abilities. You notice that when you're able, let's see if people say, well if we only get what we, according to our abilities, why should I work hard? See that's what the guy with one talent said. Hmm? I don't think I should put in much effort, I only have one talent anyway, you know. Then he went and buried that. Because he had his idea of who God is was wrong. What did he say about God? He said, "No, God, He plants where He don't. He, he reaps where He don't sow. He's a taker, not a giver." Well, why would you say that? Because you only got one talent, and you only have one because you haven't done the right thing with the one that you have. Probably they all started with one. 
And the guy that had one increased it and he wound up getting five in, at the time of this parable or this saying. The guy with ten. Was, and then when, when the ones that, that don't use what they have don't use it, God has the ability to place it in somebody else. Now you may think you know all about yourself because you've grown. You understand what I'm saying? But we don't know the half of it. God can tap dormant gifts and abilities in us that we either are never aware of, never seen, or seen a little bit. People say stuff like, you know when I was growing up, I used to be able to do, or I used to like this, or I used to like doing that. Well that was a talent, now it's latent in you as an adult. God can cause that one to come back up again. That's what happened with the guy with the talent. He can bring things out of us we're not even aware are in us. You don't know the half of what you're about. You gotta stick with God to find out. Huh? To be continued. And anybody ask you about your life, you say to be continued. I'm gonna see what's around the corner. His master plan has obligated all of humanity to a part in that plan. So we're all obligated to play our part in the master plan of God. Our gifts and abilities obligate us to our particular part in his plan. So if God gifted you, say if if you're gifted, uh, um, there's so many just so many examples. Say that you're you're gifted, you like to work with your hands, you like to do crafts. I was sitting, uh, Bianca is kind of fascinating to me if I sit and watch her. If she's not purring and coughing up fur balls and stuff. <laughs> Pastor Shirley refers her as Maggie the cat. She said Maggie purring and, and licking milk around here. And she she kind of likes to be around Pastor Shirley. You know, she's kind of a big girl now, and she'll be around. You know, like a cat will get a rub against your legs, and that's Maggie. So anyway, but Maggie can get creative, and and I had her and and all the girls had her and. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at Sheree's face. I don't know how Sheree got involved. But anyway, we were sitting out on the deck and I gave them the job of of just taking the extra silk out of the ears of corn so I can get them on the grill. And so when I start doing something, people know I I run out of patience sometimes. I'm standing watching them, trying to hover and see if, oh, no, get this going, cook this corn so I can sit down and get off my feet. We all get it going. I didn't say anything, but I watched. And uh, I noticed that Bianca did the least work because what she did when she got some of the silk off and the excess husk off the corn, she would start wrapping it around her fingers and then fanning it out and make a little design, a little flower. I said, Oh Lord, come on, Maggie, now come on. Let's get the show on. But see, that's an ability in God. I see, let's get it on so I can get it on the grill and get it on, get off my feet. And she sees, 
a little flower or something. I don't know what she sees, but you know, creative people will do that to you. you just when you work with them kind of people, you just got to put your brakes on and roll with it. They ain't gonna they ain't gonna yield much, you know. She is not the girl to get on a machine in a factory because she ain't gonna keep up, you know. She'd be doing some, you know, take the machine apart and. I'll try to see how this this bolt looks like something I can make, you know, a, an ornament with or something. So, you know, I mean, just people are gifted like that. It's a gift. It's not a curse. It's a blessing. It's a gift. And so it needs to be examined and taught. See, that's what it is. Gifts need to be examined and taught. God's the only one who can examine and teach those things. Many times we'll pick an occupation because we need money. You know, and it doesn't tap into gifts and abilities. And sometimes God will allow us to do that for a season. Then all of a sudden we can't see ourselves doing that any longer. And something starts to pull us in a different direction. And so that's your gift is being summoned. You got me? Your gift is being called into service. And it may not be comfortable all the time because you may feel frustrated and empty and and don't know what's wrong and out of sorts and everything. uh, Because now it's time for your gift to be used. The master plan says on this date the master has need of you. And bring your gift with you. Not just you, but everything about you he needs. So uh, they obligate us to a particular part in his plan. Man. Nowadays there's a tendency on the part of people to reject God-given gifts. Especially those peculiar to a gender. Some some gifts are gender specific, uh, and and attached permanently attached to a role that is gender specific. For instance, nowadays women don't like housework, they don't like cooking, they don't like nurturing, mothering. A lot of those what we call feminine. Uh, abilities but they are tied into your reproductive function as mothers and birthers caregivers you can't leave your baby without food so you got to cook something you got to warm a bottle you, you can't breastfeed them till they 21 you understand what I'm saying? Uh, you know, and this is how some people get over that kind of stuff. They just try to find a way to get around it, the domestic thing. And so because of it being tied to a normal biological function, you see many people reject the whole package. Don't want to have anything to do with that. Many times men don't feel comfortable with masculine activities because they get persecuted for it. You know, uh, Men used to stop. Women would sit in the car until the man came around to that side and opened the door for them. You know, you, That's rare anymore. You know, It's like I can get out this car fast and you can get around here. So let me, let me get on out of here. You know that kind of stuff. <laughs> And I don't know, you know, it might be okay, but there's an attitude that goes with it of rejecting certain normal functions. by life. And it's hard to fight that because the atmosphere around you dictates that you reject 
your normal God-given gender-related functions. You got me? Uh, I never wanted my husband to cook because he couldn't cook. And I didn't feel like torturing either one of us and he didn't feel like doing it. So, you know, I cooked. Sometimes you do things because they make sense to do them that way and you don't try to push and remold and reshape somebody into another image you you have to be able to accept when God tells you something and you see it blatantly obvious there you got to be willing to step into that role and into that function because the master plan dictates that you stay in that function stay in that role you know now I know women do a lot of things more than they used to but they don't do everything and don't do everything well I've, I've had and known professional women all my life and I've known women who were full-time teachers and full-time nurses and so forth but they took care of their children and I I can remember when I was in uh, nursing uh, women would come in and talk about what they cooked for dinner before they left the house you see what I'm saying they weren't expecting the husband to do it It he was enough for him he went crazy trying to keep up with the three kids they had you know after he got home and so and people stayed and took care of their own children you didn't see daycare centers everywhere and uh, third parties taking care of nurturing your seed and all that kind of stuff so that you didn't recognize them when you went and picked them up <laughs> from school or daycare people cared more they wanted hands on I had these children because I wanted to love them care for them make sure they had everything they needed I'm the mother I'm the nurturer and the same thing with the father and so it's God's master plan To have a family environment in which to nurture and raise children. They don't raise themselves very well. Got me? They don't know enough to raise themselves very well. And hired people don't love your children. Not like you do. And not like God does. That's a job for them. So we have to take the blinders off and all of this stuff off and start to recognize what God's master plan is and what our role is in it. So many times men don't feel comfortable with masculine, typically masculine activities. So now we got Bruce Jenner who is an Olympic champion in his elderly life. Now he's a woman. If you ask me it's a little late to start. Uh, you waited all these years. You might as well just gonna be a man for the rest of them because you done skipped. <laughs> I mean, if you go, if you was really serious about this transition, now uh, you'd have started a long time ago. Anywho, that's a whole different, <laughs> whole different thing. All right. Men are now dictated to to show a softer side. You got me. And so, is that God's master plan? You got to decide. You got to decide. God's master plan puts each person in their sexual identity as well as abilities regarding talent. You got me. He places you. His master plan is for you to know that when he created you, male or female, he did not make a mistake. And the talents that he gave you were not mistakes either. So your talents aren't masculine or feminine. They fit well in your personality if you learn to let God help you to develop it and how to demonstrate it. For instance, it's no mistake that some men like cooking. 
we call them chefs especially if they go to school and learn things and and women would do well to look at that as an example of how taking an interest in something you consider every day will cause you to excel you see if you if you ever needed to do that or if that ever became a real interest of yours and so many times God will use men in certain cultures where men are considered more to be leaders and so forth and so on he will use them to lead the way in opening the door for others to do like things you got me so once it it's made prominent through somebody who can be diligent about it and who can take an interest in it and and you know let it develop fully then it can be opened up to all kinds of people uh, that that do it on different levels and so he will use sometimes an ability and put it in somebody and make it prominent so that it can in so that it can have its full expression you know it gets a full expression uh, uh, depending upon the person that the gift is placed in we'll talk a little bit more about that about being a forerunner uh, in certain things and and how that works why God calls certain people to step out in an area where nobody like them has stepped out in that before and this blaze the trail and they can see well God does that at all kinds this isn't a peculiar thing to a race or a, a gender or something like that God will put that in anybody and anybody can excel that way and see what the enemy likes to do is get us to think that we're holding each other back when really we just haven't stepped into a knowledge of his master plan so his master plan puts each person in their sexual identity as well as abilities regarding talents for instance it's no mistake that some men like cooking artistic endeavors designing clothing as men these gifts are not gender specific women can like bodybuilding sports construction or police work so that's not and they can like it as women it's not gender specific so you can see that God's gifts and abilities will cross over gender lines they'll cross over because he can allow each individual to show God's ability to cause that thing to work in their personality and in their personhood and in their gender so God puts these interests in people of different sexes and it's all part of his master plan huh people like uh, I'll I'll give you an example from the uh, realm of cooking Emeril Lagasse is a man that that I see as a forerunner a breakout person in the realm of televised and and uh, high money uh, um, cooking, he he opened the door for many many more people in this realm. It just came at a time where uh, cable television was available, all kinds of ways to for people to be exposed in this now and so I would say he was one of the persons that opened it up for many Julia Child was probably the first chef to have a cooking program I think she was as a matter of fact and she 
uh, blaze the trail to just bring um, what they call French cooking, the art of French cooking, something that was thought to be only for a select few people. She brought it into the living room for everyday people to enjoy it and understand it. And so she started with small seeds doing small things. Other people started to see those things and then you'll get somebody like an emerald who, who takes it it makes a big impact when he starts uh, doing that. He had a different kind of personality than she did. He started catering to the masses in the way that he approached his craft. You could tell he enjoyed and dearly loved what he did. But he paid a high price for it. Two failed marriages. Um, you know, and, and then when you're a big personality, once you've outlived your usefulness, that's the other thing you got to watch for. The next guy coming up, he doesn't work much now, but he was like a, a shining light for, I would say, a good 10 years, maybe 5, 10 years in the televised cooking industry because of his gifting in that, the way he managed and developed that gift, and the way he perfected that gift. Now, had he been close to God, he wouldn't have had so much, such a heavy price to pay for that. You can keep a wife, even though you're gifted and you're a trailblazer. You can keep a family, even though you have all those things. He had bad experiences with some very high-powered people, etc., etc. But still, the gift is there. As part of God's master plan. It was God's master plan for him to come onto the scene and revolutionize that and show people that it's okay to have an interest in the home. Make the kitchen the heart of the home again. Show people how easy it is to accomplish something in this realm. And and many things that God does when he begins to show. Do you think it's not important to God? That we keep our families intact by keeping a good atmosphere, by being homemakers and being people who like home. You got to compete with the drive-throughs and the golden arches and the, uh, you know, the weight problems and health problems that come with that. God's got to bring you a counterbalance into the earth so that that doesn't take over society the way it's been taking over. You you got me. They all feeling the. I don't care if you don't like cooking. I don't care if you don't like cleaning. Put that aside, and just listen to what I'm trying to tell you about gifts, talents, and abilities, because many of them are falling by the wayside by this rigid dictatorship that we have in society now that tells us if you're a woman you can't like this, if you're a man you can't like that. You know, you 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 know it, it's we made a fight out of something that was never a fight to begin with. It's never been a fight to begin with. I've always known women who worked, who had professions, worked full time, and they worked. And they women had more flexibility back in the day. You could work. You know, you some women they they didn't like to hire us because they knew we'd go home have a baby and wouldn't show up for a couple of years. You understand what I'm saying? Because we had control and flexibility over all of that. You know, we didn't have to work. We didn't have to be out there. We could do what we need. We could do everything but we didn't do it on the scale 
that that women are trying to do it now. Now sometimes women get committed to a job and and then 15, 20 years they're still on that same job and then they realize I never got married and had a family and I meant to do that way and then you got on the snowballed into that that thing and and now now they're looking for a fertility clinic so that they can you know bring back time so it's gotten to be de- the demanding aspect of it is made it confusing and not real uh pleasant for many many people it's almost like a trap that they seem they feel they get into so god's master plan includes gifts talents and abilities in unpredictable vessels you can't predict who god is going to gift who he's going to make able and what he's going to exalt in the earth Think of how humanity is helped when we cannot predict what abilities reside in people. You can never predict what abilities reside in people. Life becomes full of excitement and possibilities when we realize that God is in control and we are not. All we have to do really is follow the leading of the master. And he will lead us into some phenomenal experiences. We just have to let go of of our control. And our dictating what our life is going to be. You know just because your parents asked you when you were little what you wanted to be when you grew up. That didn't obligate you and commit you for anything. You understand what I'm saying? You can find out from God. God is that going to be good for me what do you have for me what's what's your plan for my life it's good to ask those questions and and desire to conform to the image of christ no matter what you do on the earth jesus was a carpenter he was a son he was a brother he was an uncle he was a family man he was also a preacher and a minister he did all of those things he's obedient to everybody that God put him under the authority of and and so we we have to look at that as being we can't have a better example for a life well lived than Jesus Christ and so when we think about God's master plan think about what am I here for I know God's going to tell me I know he's helping me with it and I know that it's going to be successful because I know that everything's going to work together for my good if I stay with God you can't make any mistakes you can't goof this up and you can't uh, you can't put off or you can't stop God's plan for your life if you just decide to fall in line with his plan uh, everything will be good so tomorrow we'll pick up the rest of it and we'll uh, let let ourselves understand this in a greater depth did you get something out of this today I hope you did because we are living in a time where people are extremely confused extremely confused and God is here to straighten it out it's not too big for him it's not too big a job but he needs a people in the earth that that he can use and and that's us and so that's what he wants to do we point the way when we stay with him in christ amen so if anybody needs prayer you can come on up for prayer and i'll pray for you